This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A swing and a high fly ball. Deep right field. It's a slam. This is the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron. How about the old Uncle Charlie here? pitch. Swing and a miss. Through the fastball right by him and he strikes him out for the third time. And that's eight K's for the Cardinal Hurt. Now, Mike Claiborne and Chris Raby with the Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day Show. Presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. And live from Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside of Ballpark Village, welcome to another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amarin. I'm Chris Raby along with former Cardinal Rick Horton. And Rick, what a night we have tonight. We welcome everyone listening on the Cardinals Radio Network and watching on Cardinals Facebook Live. We're excited because we are going to announce in just moments the 2018 nominees for the Cardinals Hall of Fame. And I'm so excited about this, Chris. I mean, I think our Hall of Fame is as good as any Hall of Fame in all of baseball. And I think uh, one of the things that uh, we've learned in baseball is uh, you are where you are because of people that came before you. So you need to honor them. Of course, you live in the present and you work towards the future. But the Cardinals have such great history. uh, And I am so looking forward to talking about our nominees uh, for 2018. You know, in just a second, we're going to turn it over to Tom Ackerman with Builder with the Third to reveal who's going to be on this year's ballot. It's just one floor above us, though, here at Cardinals Nation, Rick. That that beautiful gallery is there just outside the museum, and it's incredible to think about the guys who have worn the birds on the bat. It's a tough decision every year, and it's such an honor to just get on the ballot. And I think it's getting tougher because I think we're starting to understand that there's so many great players, and you start thinking about it era by era, uh, and you want to go back and make sure you didn't miss anybody. I think that's part of the deal. But uh, we've got so many great players that did things that uh, kind of depends on what your era of Cardinal baseball was, how much you have an affinity towards a particular player. But, uh, but again, this Cardinal Nation is filled with uh, with terrific things about our history. All the rooms, as you mentioned, the Hall of Fame uh, is uh, just spectacular here. And if people haven't come to visit, they need to. All right. Well, without further ado, what do you say we take the suspense away and turn it over to Tom Ackerman with Bill DeWitt III to find out this year's class of nominees. Okay, Chris, thanks very much. And it is that time to reveal the Hall of Fame ballot for the fans. The induction into the St. Louis Cardinals Hall of Fame presented by Edward Jones. Seven players have been nominated for possible induction. And we are joined by the president of the St. Louis Cardinals, Bill DeWitt III. Bill, it is great to have you. And it is an exciting time of year as baseball is right around the corner. And a great look here at some outstanding players. Yeah, Tom, thanks. It's, uh, it is exciting. It's always uh, fun to rethink, um, you know, who should be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And, and we've got a great process that we've thought a lot about. And now uh, several years into it, um, we're excited to, to talk about a new class. With the seven modern ballot nominees, and we'll do them by alphabetical order, these were selected by a red ribbon committee through a secret ballot process. And we'll start, Bill, with Vince Coleman. He will be on the ballot. He was just outstanding in 1985, stole 110 bases as a rookie. That's a record that still stands today. He was the rookie of the year in 1985, a Cardinal from 85 to 90, and the speedster is on the ballot. What do you think? 
Well, it's his first time on the ballot, which is exciting. And, uh, you know, I think you'll see as this list progresses a few nods to Whitey's teams in the 80s, but um, certainly deserving. I think uh, Vince really hit things like a storm, you know, when he came and and stole those 110 bases in 85 as a rookie. And we, we really haven't seen anything since. So, it's a great, I think, honor for him to be on this ballot, and, and I think he's going to do very well in the voting. Also on the ballot, he played for Whitey as well, but a little bit earlier, maybe one of the best fielding first basemen in the history of the game, Keith Hernandez, who played 10 seasons with the Cardinals. He won six straight gold gloves from 1978 to 1983 at first base, the co-MVP in 1979. He batted a league-leading 344. And what can you say about the two-time All-Star and world champion from 1982, Keith Hernandez. Well, I mean, what a great player. Really kind of redefined first base in many ways with his, you know, unbelievable range. And, um, you know, went on to, to, to star for the Mets, which was kind of funny because back in those days, Cardinals-Mets was such a rivalry. And um, people forget that really, you know, I think his his credentials um, are probably better with the Cardinals. And he... Um, um, was a fan favorite when he was here, and, and certainly deserving to be on this list. And uh, again, from those from those '80s teams, and, a, and just a great player for the Cardinals. One time, he held the franchise record in one season with saves, the National League leading 47. In fact, he tied that franchise record, which Lee Smith set, and then Trevor Rosenthal broke it in 2015. Jason Isringhausen, who spent seven seasons with the Cardinals, is on the ballot. Bill Dewitt. Yeah, great to have Izzy on the ballot. Um, he's one of those guys that has continued, you know, with the Cardinals in, in either coaching or, or advising capacity. And it's just great to have him around. He's a great personality and was such a key part of those teams that, that won so many division championships. The only player in Cardinals history with at least 200 home runs and 200 steals and hit more home runs in Bush Stadium 2 than any other player Ray Lankford is on the Hall of Fame ballot for 2018. Yeah, we've heard a lot from fans that, you know, have said, you know, why the heck isn't Ray on the ballot? (laughs) Well, I agree with him. You know, this is his first time on the ballot. You know, his numbers speak for themselves. You know, just an incredible Cardinals career. And, uh, you know, maybe doesn't get the respect just because, you know, on balance most of his teams weren't weren't, um, championship teams. But, um, you know, really anchored that squad. It, it, during his first two-thirds of his career and then, you know, was part of, a, of, of some great teams towards the end. Thirteen seasons in St. Louis, Ray Lankford is on the ballot. Scott Rowland, five-plus seasons with the Cardinals. You talk about a great fielder. Scott Rowland will go down as one of the great fielding third basemen of all time. He was an all-star in 03, 04, 05, 06, a silver slugger in 02. He did a lot as a Cardinal, no doubt about it, including winning a world championship in 2006. Yeah, I mean, obviously a key part of those championship teams. And, and when you think about the um, the group we had in 03, 04, 05, and really 06, you know, he was part of that MV3 with Edmonds and Pujols. You know, these are guys, if you had those three guys on your team now, I mean, you know, who knows what the payroll would have to be to keep them. I mean, it's just amazing to think of, of, of really the quality of those teams, particularly – um, 04, where um, you know they got to the World Series and ran into the Red Sox that were hot, but you know that was probably the best team on paper in, in the league. And Scott Rowland is on the ballot, and Jason Isringhausen, his teammate, isn't the only closer. Lee Smith, 
One of the most feared closers in baseball history is on the ballot. The aforementioned Lee Smith makes it as well. 160 saves as a Cardinal. He appeared here from 1990 to 93, and during that time, Bill, he was as good as it got as closer. Yeah, he was one of the best, and I think he's one of those names you always hear about as, as kind of on the bubble at Cooperstown, and hopefully someday he'll make it in. Um, but, you know, you really cut his teeth with the Cardinals. Also new to the ballot this year, uh, which is, I think, great for fans to be able to see some new names here. And, you know, really helped kind of bring the role of closer to the forefront of MLB. You know, he was a little bit ahead of his time in terms of how he was used. And, um, you know, one of those dominant closers that we're so used to now, but back back in his day, you know, it was um, it was pretty unique. The 1985 season for John Tudor, he went 1 and 7 to start the year. He finished 21 and 8. He had a 1.93 ERA, 10 shutouts, and the lefty also put together a pennant winning season in 87. John Tudor is on the ballot as well. Yeah, also new to the ballot and um, you know, we're lucky to be a part of that rev ribbon process and Whitey Herzog likes to talk about John Tudor a lot because he's like, you know what? Kids should learn how to pitch like John Tudor. Forget the radar gun. Just learn how to paint the corners. Learn how to pitch. Learn learn how to attack your hitter's weaknesses. And that's certainly what John Tudor did in his career with the Cardinals. He was the ace and um, very deserving to be on this ballot. And I think one of those guys that you identify with Whitey's teams, who um, you know really just was was a great Cardinal and. Um, you know, I'm excited that he's back. He's on the ballot for the first time. So, again, there's your ballot. Vince Coleman, Keith Hernandez, Jason Isringhausen, Ray Lankford, Scott Rowland, Lee Smith, and John Tudor. And you can view that ballot at cardinals.com slash HOF and cast your selections starting March 1st. The two players with the most fan votes after voting concludes on Thursday, April 12th, will be selected for induction into the Cardinals Hall of Fame this August. And, Bill, you'll also, you will announce your veteran selection and the possibility you could opt to induct an individual who is an important figure in Cardinals history. Yeah, you're right. There's three ways to get into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. The the modern way, which is uh, what we're talking about, where the fans vote in off this ballot we just announced two players. And then a third player would be a veteran who's been retired for more than 40 years. And the Red Room Committee has cast their votes, and uh, that will be announced later, as you said, uh, for a veteran directly. And then um, a, a third way to get in is an, organization, an organizational pick that um, my father and I, as well as a bunch of folks within the organization, kind of brainstorm about some key contributors to the organization who might not have worn the uniform the whole time, or they might have you know, they could have worn the uniform for part of the time, but um, you know we're just huge contributors off the field or in other sort of coaching capacities um, that uh, you know or, you know really create that legacy for Cardinals history that makes them deserving to be in as well. And that Cardinals Hall of Fame class presented by Edward Jones will be announced Friday, May 4th, the televised 30-minute Hall of Fame announcement special on Fox Sports Midwest, the enshrinement ceremony Saturday, August 18th at the 8,000-square-foot Cardinals Hall of Fame and Museum just below that at Ballpark Village. The induction weekend will be just outstanding. We always look forward to it, and we appreciate the opportunity on this show, Countdown to Opening Day, to exclusively announce the Hall of Fame ballot for the fans, those seven members. Yeah, thanks, Tom. This is um, exciting. It's that time of year. We're not only thinking about the upcoming season and spring training and all that, but 
nice to have flashback and, and, and remind ourselves, you know, the great tradition and history of the Cardinals and want to thank the fans in advance for, you know, really putting forth an effort to understand these players and to, and to compare them and, and to pick who's deserving among this very deserving group of seven guys. Cardinals president Bill DeWitt III, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. All right, thanks. Let's send things back to Chris Raby. Yeah, Tom and Bill, thank you so much. Uh, Chris Raby and Rick Horton here at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village. And, wow, Rick, my first question is, out of that incredible group of seven, how do you begin to narrow it down to two? Well, before we came back on, I was looking for a coin to flip, and, and a seven-sided coin is what I need because you know you look at the the uh, nominees this year, and you know I've certainly paid a lot of attention to it the last few years, and always kind of had an idea: yes, for sure, that guy; yes, for sure. This one's way wide open as far as I'm concerned. So we, we hope people will vote. Uh, there are people from the early 2000s. There's a couple guys from the 90s, a couple guys from the 80s, and Keith Hernandez, who spans the 70s and 80s. So I think we have decades covered. Uh, I think every one of those players is deserving, and, and I would not say for a minute that any one of them uh, don't deserve to be in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Cardinals.com slash HOF is where you go, and three returners, Keith Hernandez, Jason Isringhausen, and Scott Rowland, you talk about the support Rowland got on the National Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. I mean, three powerhouses right there who returned to the ballot. Well, Rowland, very popular player, outstanding defensive player, and he deserves to be on the ballot, and he was on winning teams. And, and he's a part of uh, cardinal lore, if you want to say, because that and that matters, and it does matter. As it, fans want to get guys in there that had these October moments because Cardinal fans care about that. But Keith Hernandez, I was surprised as many years as he played, and I – I knew Keith from spring training, so I played with a couple of these guys. But with Keith, he, he was kind of gone to the Mets, and you forget how long he was a Cardinal, 1974 through 1983. That's a long career, big numbers, a lot of gold gloves, 299 average as a Cardinal. So he's a good choice. And, and certainly, uh, you know, the holdovers, I think, you know, you got you got to think they're, they're guys that you care about. Jason Isringhausen, the all-time Cardinals save leader. That means something, too. You know, as far as the newcomers are concerned, um, we'll start with Ray Lankford just because, as Tom said, there have been questions about when Ray is going to be on the ballot. We saw him down at Fantasy Camp last week. We're going to visit with him in the next hour of our show on the Cardinals Radio Network. Uh, you can tell how much it means to him. And, my goodness, you think about the records that he set at Bush Stadium, too, what he did almost his entire career in a Cardinals uniform. It's staggering the numbers that he put up. Well, you and I saw him at the fantasy camp, and we both agree that if he does go in the Hall of Fame, he will be the guy in the best shape of anybody in there because he's still about a 25-year-old <laughs> in terms of his body. So, uh, you know, Ray is, uh, was, was a great player, and, I you know, I tease him all the time. He's my daughter's favorite player. Her generation loved Ray Lankford. Now, there's not a lot of October baseball to be uh, talking about in that era, and I think that's certainly uh, a negative that he can't really control. But he had 829 RBIs. That's a lot of That's a big-time career for any player on any team. And think about before they moved the fences in at Bush, too. And he was hitting home runs the most ever at Bush Stadium, too, in that ballpark that was tough to hit home runs in. So, uh, you know, Ray was kind of the... One one of the cardinal guys you think about is the multi-tool player. He could run, he could play defense, or outstanding defender. Had a good arm. He really did it all. He could hit and hit with power. Uh, really a five-tool player. Yeah, Vince Coleman, 100 plus stolen bases and a rookie of the year. Lee Smith, who I know so many of us uh, scratch our heads wondering how he's not in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And then John Tudor, who put together an incredible career as a Cardinal. Those three newcomers join Ray on the ballot, and what a group of seven it is, and, and certainly some worthy newcomers. I'm happy to see those last three you just mentioned. They were all teammates of mine. Lee Smith, uh, an imposing guy. 
yes, when he was with Chicago most of his career, but had big seasons in St. Louis, two 40-plus save seasons, and should be in the Baseball Hall of Fame. There's no question about that, and I think he will be at some point. John Tudor had the most spectacular year that anybody's mm-hmm. had since Bob Gibson in 1968. But Tudor uh, threw uh, more than 10 shutouts. In fact, he'll be the last pitcher ever to throw 10 or more shutouts in one season. That's a big deal. And Vince Coleman, you, you love Vince Coleman just because of the electricity yeah. that he brought to Cardinals baseball in the 80s with his, with his legs. Well, we're going to start working on it, and we're going to start scratching our heads. Fans can view the Cardinals Hall of Fame ballot starting right now at cardinals.com slash HOF. And don't forget, the voting begins March the 1st. It'll close on April the 12th. The Hall of Fame class will be announced on May the 4th on a special on Fox Sports Midwest. And then, uh, Rick, in our final uh, moment here, Saturday, August 18th at Ballpark Village, the induction. That's become one of my favorite weekends of the year. I sit on the balcony and I watch it, and I would say I always get a tear in my eye as I watch it, and I just love the moment, and the speeches are all uh, so meaningful to me to hear it, no matter who they are. Well, thank you again to Tom Ackerman and Bilda with the third. Go to cardinals.com slash HOF. For all of you watching on Cardinals Facebook Live, we appreciate it. Chris Raby and Rick Horton will continue on the radio network on Cardinals Countdown Opening Day presented by Ameren after this. Welcome back. Cardinals Countdown Opening Day presented by Ameren. Chris Raby and Rick Horton with you. We are at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside of Ballpark Village. Ben Boyd is our executive producer. Mike Anderson is back in our Cardinals Network studios. Don't strike out with your Valentine this year. Treat your sweetheart to dinner and a Cardinals game with all-inclusive tickets featuring excellent seats, a full buffet, and complimentary beer and soda. This week only games in April are available starting at just $55. Get your all-inclusive tickets today at cardinals.com. Rick, uh, we're going over the new Hall of Fame ballot and the seven members, three returning, four new ones. And, you know, the thing that sticks out to me is just seeing, uh, you know, Ray Lankford last week at Cardinals Fantasy Camp. Yeah. You said every single one of these guys has been to a fantasy camp except for Scott Rowland, right. who I'm sure will be very, very soon. And just... You know, you think about the guys that are enshrined into this Hall of Fame, and I know for fans, a lot of them seem familiar because they're always around. They, they are around, and these guys love to be at fantasy camp, and I think that's an indication of just how important the Cardinal Hall of Fame is to these guys. I mean, they are Cardinals. You know, the, the old saying, and I go back years on the saying, but the saying was, once a Cardinal, always a Cardinal. You know, there are uh, close to uh, 80 former Cardinals that still live in the St. Louis area that are alumni, that we see each other, we're around, we connect. But it goes beyond that in terms of the Cardinals that are still connected. And the Fantasy Camp is one way to do that. We're connected via text, via Facebook, whatever that might be. And, and it is a family. And, and you care about those guys. They're like your brothers. And uh, the Fantasy Camp, I, I tell you, I, I, I laugh for 11 straight days every time I go to that camp. It was unbelievable. I'll, I'll ask you kind of a question that I ask a lot of guys in terms of, Guys who come here, who play here, some stay, some leave, some come back. Mm -hmm. But it seems like so many Cardinals and Blues make this their home, raise their families here, and become a part of not just the Cardinals and the Blues alumni, but the city of St. Louis and so many great organizations and and charitable outreaches in this city. What is it about St. Louis that compels so many guys to do that? Well, I love talking about this because I'm always surprised that people almost don't believe you when they say that because they keep asking you that. As you said, I mean, you're around fans all the time. Is that really true that players, they, they almost feel as if we're saying it out of, obligation or contractually and so when matt holiday came out and told 
Giancarlo Stanton that he should come to St. Louis because that is a place that will love you and treat you well. Uh, he wasn't the Cardinal when he said that. He was an ex-Cardinal and still essentially employed by the Yankees. So uh, I thought that was a meaningful statement uh, uh, and really true statement because, you know, that is what players think. And I think it's the it's the community. It's the fact that you can get kind of a kind of a neighborhood feel here. Uh, it's a it's a small big town or a big small town, however you want to say it, uh, that loves baseball and, and appreciates baseball and will do everything they can to uh, treat you as a human being, not just as a guy that can pitch, run, and throw. In your eyes, what has Cardinals ownership, and especially Bill DeWitt Jr. and Bill DeWitt III, done to not only uh, make sure that this club is competing every year, uh, that they are in it every year, uh, that the payroll is competitive with everyone in Major League Baseball, but what they've done in this building of Ballpark Village, Mm -hmm. and especially upstairs, to make sure that generations of fans to come will appreciate not just the present, but the past. Uh, What does that mean, Rick? Well, I think that's part of it. The Cardinals' past is so good, you don't want to forget about it. You don't want to forget about Stan Musial, ever. And you don't want to forget about uh, the teams in the 40s, the Gas House Gang, that That is what uh, we're standing on the shoulders of right now. And I think the DeWitts understand that. All the ownership uh, group does. And so you keep pointing back to that. You show Branch Rickey. There's a Branch Rickey room here at the uh, Cardinals uh, Insider. I mean, there, there's... How about Bill DeWitt Jr.'s jersey that Eddie Goodell wore? That's, that's <laughs> spectacular stuff. And so you have the past, but you're not living in the past. You still have to compete. And I think that's the, the other side of that coin is you remember the past. You recognize that that's got you where you are. But then you have to you have to keep competing. And, and I don't think there's any question that... Uh, that Mr. DeWitt has stayed competitive, got players when you need them, not spending money, um, you know, that, that, that would, you would say might be foolish money that would, that would hamstring you years down the road. And I think fans, interestingly enough, in, in St. Louis have understood that better than fans in other cities to me. They get the fact that you don't sign that guy means you can have these three guys instead. And that's all part of the package here. It's not an unlimited supply of, of funds really anywhere in baseball, but the Cardinals are very prudent in how they handle their contracts. All right, I want to talk about this club that we're going to see in a couple of weeks in spring training in our next segment, but I'll leave you with this, and I'm going to ask this to Mike Claiborne in the next hour. I'm not going to ask you to name who you would vote for. However, if you're looking at this ballot, you can go to cardinals.com slash HOF. If you're a fan, how would you start to narrow it down what would you take most into consideration, Rick? Yeah, well, I, I think that's a, it's going to be an individual thing, but I think you have to look at longevity. I think that matters. You have to look at great moments, and you have to look at identification as a cardinal. I'm not saying, uh, you know, which one trumps the other, and I think that's how people are going to vote, whichever one trumps the other. You've got the longevity of Hernandez and, and say, uh, Langford, but you've got the, the trumping moments of Isringhausen and Scott Rowland and John Tudor and Vince Coleman. So where do you go with that? I, I'm not sure I have a very good answer for that, but I think those are the factors you have to determine. What's a Hall of Fame for? Is it for uh, somebody's made their imprint over a long period of time or a short period of time or in October? And I think we would all say yes to all three of those, but which yes is a bigger yes? And the fan input makes it so special. Oh, it's great. I mean, it shouldn't be uh, any other way, frankly. And, of course, the Cardinals will have their – uh, their 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 own pick, you know, down the road, which will be kind of the the, the club pick that that I think is also important to make sure people of the past are recognized that may not be popular today. And and that you know I, I like the fact that Pepper Martin got in a year ago. Great. And you, and there's nobody oh, who was at that ceremony. Oh, oh, his his daughter's speech was phenomenal. And there's nobody that was in that room that thought 
nah, Pepper Martin shouldn't be here. Of course he should be here. And so I think that they've built into the process, and, and Bill DeWitt was talking about that uh, with Tom Ackerman, they built into the process to make sure when it's all said and done down the road, they don't forget anybody. All right, that's Rick Horton. Chris Raby with you as well. It's Cardinals Countdown Opening Day presented by Ameren. We're live at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village. Talk about this club. i got some questions I want to bounce off Rick next in the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Hey, final week to book your spring training vacation to Roger Dean Stadium. Make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. Rick Horton, Chris Raby with you. We are at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside of Ballpark Village. The seven Cardinals 2018 Hall of Fame nominees announced Vince Coleman, Keith Hernandez, Jason Isringhouse and Ray Lankford, Scott Rowland, Lee Smith, and John Tudor are nominated. You can go to cardinals.com slash HOF and start casting your selections online on Thursday, March 1st. Rick, let's uh, pivot from some of the great Cardinals of the past to the Cardinals of the future. And I want to start talking about pitching because over the last couple of years, um, it's been a bit of a question for the Cardinals. They've relied on guys, it seems like, every year that – Maybe we didn't pencil in at the start of spring. And uh, as we get ready for this year, I know a lot of anticipation surrounds a guy who we probably won't see until May, and that's Alex Reyes, who we found out the first day of spring training last year. Oh, boy. Was going to have to have Tommy John surgery. You know, he looked great at winter warm-up. I know he's excited. And even though it's a couple of months away, what a jolt for this club to get a talent like that back in whatever role he fills when he returns. So all the debriefs about the uh, the 2017 season, I think you, you always end up pointing at the end of it to saying, well, you know what? If the Cardinals would have had Alex Reyes, it would have been a different story. And, you know, the narratives changed all over the place during the season about this guy didn't perform, this guy got hurt, et cetera. But, but when it's over, you have Alex Reyes, you're probably playing in October. That's how good he was the season before, how good he can be. Now, he won't be there again for, for day one, probably, and the question will be how do you kind of work him back into uh, the rotation. I think he's clearly a starter. He has enough pitches to be a starter. One of the things I think about this, Chris, and I know there's a lot of talk about him being a closer, uh, I, I'm concerned about that because I think if you put him in the closer role, you create high-leverage pitches, pitch after pitch after pitch for a guy that's not used to that, and you expect him to do it three or four days in a row, uh, you may be taxing his arm more than if you just put him in the rotation and let him throw three or four innings. So we'll see how that works. I'd rather him have middle innings, uh, frankly, at the start of the season, but certainly he's a great weapon. Other young arms, though, Rabes, as we know, when you think about Luke Weaver uh, and Jack Flaherty, there's uh, a number of other arms in the wings, too. So a lot of promise in that that area of the Cardinal, uh, Cardinal team. From the belt. The 1-2 pitch from Alex Reyes to Hunter Pence. Here it comes. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Yachty digs the ball out of the dirt, throws to first, strikeout 2-3. The 1-2 pitch to Parker. Check swing. Did he go? Yes, he did. Parker doesn't believe it, but he offers at the pitch up and away. So a strikeout and a quick inning again for Alex Reyes, who's through seven. Rick, you were there San Francisco, a September Sunday afternoon in 2016, one of his first starts, seven shutout innings to keep the Cardinals in the postseason race. And that, to me, was maybe all around the most impressive game of the entire season for the Cardinals. Yeah, and you think about what Reyes was able to do then and what Reyes is capable of doing. I can tell you, the first time I ever saw him pitch, uh, Jason Simon Tachi sent me over to a minor league field. He said, here, watch this guy pitch. 
and I watched him for about five minutes, and I said, what do you think? And I said, yeah, I kind of like him. I mean, it really, it's not hard to know when a guy has got ability that's above and beyond everybody else, even for big leaguers. You know, big leaguers are all talented. Every one of them is, is a superb athlete that was the best player in their college, the best player in their state, and all of that. But there's a few that stand out as being better than that, and that's how I view Alex Reyes, and, and it's hard not to when you think about his velocity, his command. Now, you know, can he continue it? Can he harness it? Can he do it over the course of a career and a long season? I mean, that's yet to be seen, but I think his his ceiling is extraordinarily high. I think you're right. I think a lot of fans would say, well, the bullpen would be easier to manage innings, where in fact, if you're starting, you know exactly how much rest you're going to get in between starts. You can put him on a pitch count. You can have another guy who maybe piggybacks him, similar to what the Cardinals did with Luke Weaver and Alex Reyes when they both came up that summer. There was about there were about ten former Cardinal players at fantasy camp who had been starters and relievers both, and and I asked them all: Brad Thompson, Kyle McClellan, many others. I asked them all, "What's harder on your what was harder on your arm when you played? Was it starting or relieving?" To a man, they all said relieving. So I do think that we overemphasize the inning reality and don't think about the pitching every day or every other day. That I'm not saying, you know, guys aren't willing to do that, but it taxes your arm in a different way. And so, uh, especially if you're throwing these pitches under duress and stress in the eighth and ninth inning, then every pitch you're, you're doing a maximum effort pitch. Starters learn to kind of kick back and save something. We see Carlos Martinez do that as a starter. He, he takes a little off throws some sinkers, gets a couple ground outs, then he needs a strikeout in the fifth, and here comes 99. So starters can do that. Relievers can't afford to do that. So I'm just, again, not sure that's the best thing for him ninth inning, but I'd sure like to see him 6-7-8. Do you think this club still needs to add another arm from the outside? I, I'd, I'd like to see them do that. It's not my money. It's not my choice. Sure. And it, clearly we all you know, have our opinions about that. But I, I do think just another insurance would be good. You know, we, we think uh, Michaelis is going to be good based on yeah. what he did in Japan. But I, don't, I can't say we know that. And, you know, he's going to have to prove that, you know, what he learned in Japan is going to translate over uh, to uh, pitching here in the U.S. And you would like to think that it does. I know the Cardinals are very high on, on what he can do in a rotation. But, you know, you've got Jack Flaherty. You've got Luke Weaver. Again, young guys that you expect to, to climb a, a rung or two on that ladder. Weaver went up about three rungs last year. That's great. So he was he was extraordinary. So so there's a lot of good things, but there's enough question marks in terms of innings, Chris. I think another another veteran arm, somebody that can, you know, be a uh, even a third or fourth starter, I think, would be helpful. All right, that's Rick Horton. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. We'll talk a little bit about the lineup and the big addition the Cardinals made a month or so ago down at the winter meetings. That's next as we are broadcasting live from Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village. Don't go anywhere. We're back after this in the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back. It's Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Ameren. Chris Raby and Rick Horton at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village. Got a great idea for you. Don't strike out with your Valentine this year. Treat your sweetheart to dinner in a Cardinals game with all-inclusive tickets featuring great seats, full buffet, and complimentary beer and soda. This week only games in April. Available starting at just 55 bucks. Get your all-inclusive tickets today at cardinals.com. Rick, we were just talking pitching, but I think you got to be excited about the Cardinals lineup. And, you know, even though it happened back at the uh, beginning of December, right. I continue to see reactions around baseball about the addition of Marcelo Zuna and how the Cardinals' outfield is going to look this year. You think about Famine, center, Fowler, and right. This has got to be one of the best and, and one of 
if not the most athletic Cardinals outfields in, in recent history. Osuna, gold glove winner, not to mention the 37 home runs and what he does with the bat. I think what he does is he is that missing piece the Cardinals didn't have a year ago. Cardinals had a lot of good pieces, but they needed that power, that bopper, that guy that just scares you. Uh, Oral Hershiser told me early in the season he watched our uh, watched the Cardinals play and out in L.A. and he said, you know, look at the lineup. A lot of good players in this lineup, but nobody that I'd pitch around. And and I think not that again situationally you might do that, but the, I mean the scary guy. And I think what Osuna is going to do is make everybody else better. So I actually feel as if the Cardinal offense is fine as it is. I think you've got enough guys that are going to come off the bench and be ready. The Baiters, et cetera, of this world that Luke uh, Luke Voigt that that are that are capable of providing uh, some some pop and some help. So I'm less concerned about the offense. As I mentioned earlier, I would like to see that one more pit, good, solid starting pitcher perhaps or another big arm at the end of the bullpen. That would be nice. The deal to me is the Cardinals are still often about pitching and defense. And if you pitch well, the lineup is plenty good enough to compete. Well, and it goes hand in hand. I'm excited to see how that outfield lines up yeah. defensively with Pham going to center and Fowler making the, you know, move willingly over to right field. Yeah, I almost I almost see Osuna as potentially a right fielder guy too. I know that's kind of how it lays out right now, but you know, Osuna has, you know, he's got the gold glove pedigree at the moment and you know, you normally have your guy with the better arm. I'm not 100% sure I've seen Osuna throw he is a gold glover. I'm not sure. Maybe he does have a left field arm, not a right field arm. Uh, but, you know, Fowler certainly can go and get it. And Tommy Pham showed what he can do defensively. I think that's where he's going to be more natural. And that will be an upgrade, frankly, on the defensive side because he's he's so good at uh, going gap to gap. Uh, and what a year he had offensively, too. He was the man of the year, of course, in St. Louis. As far as baseball is concerned, deservedly so. Tough act to follow, but if anybody could do it, it's uh, the the determination of a guy like Tommy Pham. How about on the infield and the maturation of Paul DeYoung? He sustained it offensively, and I was impressed that he seemingly got, I don't know if you can say better defensively, but he seemed to get more confident defensively as the year went on, and it says a lot considering the rigors of that position every day. So I was with uh, DeYoung on the caravan. I know you went out on one, too. At the caravans are always a fun place to be with uh, former players, current players, and future players. And that's what the caravans are all about. And we talk about the team. And, and DeYoung, was, we were up in uh, kind of his area of the country where he went to school at, at Illinois State. Boy, did they love him there. It was one of the, the other guys were calling it the Paul DeYoung traveling uh-huh. show is what it was. But uh, what I said to him there in front of all those people is what I said the first time I saw him to myself. When I saw Paul DeYoung, I felt like there's a guy that is confident, like a big leaguer, but not arrogant. And and to be confident but yet not arrogant is a is a unique quality for a major league player. You can kind of you can kind of teeter one way or the other. Maybe you're not confident enough, and you can see it on their yeah. face. Maybe they're too arrogant, and they're kind of tough to live with. But DeYoung has that perfect quality. You know, he had a bad stretch last year in late July, early August, and he couldn't hit a thing. And so you wonder whether or not he can kind of bounce back from something. He's already done that. He did that in his rookie season. He came back with a vengeance. He, he was 0 for two or three weeks, and you start to think, well, maybe, you know, we're going to find out what kind of character this guy has. Well, the character he had was he kept believing in himself, and he figured a way out of it. And that, that lesson, I think, that he had last year will help him going forward. Rick, the additions to the coaching staff, uh, Mike Schilt has been great, uh, but the Cardinals bring Jose Okendo back. They had Willie McGee. They add Mike Maddox. Brian Eversgerd comes into the fold as well. 
I'm just excited about the new dynamics in the coaching staff. Well, I love Gertie. Gertie's been around a long time. If, if, if fans will get a chance to know him as the season goes on, for those that don't know him, I mean, he grew up a Cardinal fan. He's you know he's a Southern Illinois guy, loves the Cardinals, and the, and and if and if you don't like him, there's something wrong with you. I mean, Gertie's a great guy. Uh, Maddox has the great pitching resume and, and pedigree, of course, as a player and then as a pitching coach. And you know, Willie McGee could run for mayor. We all know that Willie McGee may be. Whitey Herzog calls him the most popular player in St. Louis of any sport in the last 40 years. That's an interesting ballot. Who's the most popular player in St. Louis in the last 40 years? I mean, there's a bunch of people you could throw onto that. Hully, Hully and, you know, Warner and, you know, Isaac Bruce and Ozzie Smith. But Whitey thinks it's Willie McGee, and I, I'm not Great sure question. I can argue with that. So, so McGee being back here will be a positive influence. He's a positive guy. And, of course, Jose Okendo knows defense like nobody else. And so it's not that the other guys weren't doing a great job but i think jose when you when you got the best and you can have the best why not why not go back and get him yeah i'm excited and just to see the dynamic and and we know how hard all those guys work so, so i can't wait to see how that rubs off well jose will be the first guy at the ballpark and, and I, I think other guys will be there along with him but but jose is a is a hard worker and you know i had a chance to visit with him down at fantasy camp and he is excited about making the team better and and, and sharing what he knows with other people. I mean, that, that's what he does. That's what coaches do. It's not, about, it's not about him, I don't think. It's about how can he get his knowledge into Paul DeYoung and into Colton Wong and into Jed Jerko and into Matt Carpenter and make them better at what they do. Into Jose Martinez. If you, you want to find out how Jose Martinez can become a better first baseman, you know, spend a, spend a few weeks with uh, Jose Okendo. He's just an expert at teaching defense, and he's not going to be letting up either. He'll be relentless until they – Till they figure it out. Rick Horton, thanks so much for joining us this hour. Always good to be with you, Chris. Back to wrap up this hour on Cardinals Countdown Opening Day next on the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back. Cardinals Countdown Opening Day presented by Emeron. Thank you to Rick Horton for joining us on the program. Brian Finch is going to join us coming up at uh, the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Talk a little bit more about the Cardinals Hall of Fame nominees that were announced. Again, go to cardinals.com slash HOF, the seven nominees. Returning Keith Hernandez, Jason Isringhausen, and Scott Rowland. And the new additions to the ballot, Vince Coleman, Ray Langford, Lee Smith, and John Tudor. Looking forward to talking more about that coming up in our 8 o'clock hour. We are at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside Ballpark Village. We're open seven days a week. Stop by for a bite to eat or relive some of the biggest moments. Go to cardinalsnation.com. We're back after this in the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back. Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Amarin. Get your tickets now. It's a perfect time with Valentine's coming up to treat your sweetheart to dinner and a Cardinals game with all-inclusive tickets. Get your all-inclusive tickets today at cardinals.com. Well, Chris Raby with you. Brian Finch is with us, the manager of Stadium Tours and Museum Operations. He's the curator upstairs. He makes sure that everything uh, is running smoothly. He works with the DeWitts to uh, make sure that, you know, there are such incredible pieces getting through the museum upstairs and also uh, so hands-on with the Hall of Fame. And, Brian, uh, first of all, thanks for joining us. It was great last hour to hear Bill DeWitt III with Tom Ackerman uh, reveal the new uh, guys that are going to be on the ballot, seven former Cardinals on this year's ballot and as I was talking to Rick Horton about, it's just incredible year after year to see the caliber of players and people that, that appear on the Hall of Fame ballot. Well, it's always an exciting time to, you know, unveil the ballot each year, to work with the Red Ribbon Committee. 
it's become one of my favorite days to be part of that Red Ribbon group. And I'm not a voting member of the committee. I just get to be in the room, um, in a sense, a fly on the wall, help put together the presentation for the players that we um, you know, want to kind of put before the committee. And then the committee gets to present anybody that you know we may have overlooked. It's not happened that way before. But to uh, serve up these players and, and hear the discussion and hear the stories and, and even some of the stories that the DeWitts bring to the table um, about, oh, I remember when you know we, we wanted to go after this player and, and making the call to, mm. to convince him. There was the story this year about Isringhausen and, you know, and how it came between St. Louis and possibly him going to Dallas. Wow. And how Bill Jr., Said, you know, uh, he talked with Mo and said, you know, maybe, maybe I should give him a call. And and he did. And he talked to to Izzy and said, you know, Dallas is more of a football town. I think you'd fit in here, you know, a little closer to home, you know, <laughs> and and help kind of make that sales pitch. And, and it really speaks to what, you know, Mr. Dewitt's passion is for baseball to get involved a little bit more in that process. Um, but but it also uh, really speaks to Izzy that he responded well to that and and to come here and and uh, perform the way he did, and now he's our franchise saves leader, and he's on the ballot. So to kind of see it come full circle, and and uh, Isringhausen, as well as the other uh, six names, these six players, in my opinion, they're all deserving. It's it's so hard. As you look at the group, and the three returning players we'll talk about first, you mentioned Izzy, uh, but Keith Hernandez and, and Scott Rowland as well, who is garnering a lot of attention in the National Baseball Hall of Fame ballot this year. What a group of, of returning guys who all, in their own way, contributed in, in such magnificent ways to the St. Louis Cardinals. Well, absolutely. You mentioned Keith Hernandez, played 10 seasons here with the team, six straight gold gloves. Of course, we think of Scott Rowland as the defensive third baseman. We'll get to him in just a minute. But Keith Hernandez, six straight gold gloves. I heard it said in that room with these writers, broadcasters, and even Whitey Herzog in the room there with us, and, and Larusa was on the phone. Hernandez really redefined how first base was played. The way he played bunts and charged, you know, literally a batter to, yeah. to throw out runners, you know, trying to break for third on a bunt play, to, to the sacrifice bunt. Um, and let's not forget Hernandez, nationally co MVP in 1979, part of the 1982 World Championship team. The guy has a pedigree that's, that's like few others. It's interesting with his case, though. You hear from fans that say, well, I just remember him as a Met. And maybe that's because that's where he went. Um, part of it might be pop culture. With Look at Seinfeld. Seinfeld, that's right. But look <laughs> so, at the longevity in a Cardinals uniform. Right. Uh, literally 10 seasons, you know, a decade's worth of baseball here in St. Louis. And there's a really interesting um, side note. I'll try not to spend too much time on, on Keith, but a real interesting side note with Keith and that is, as a young, you know, a young boy growing up, um, he was out in California. He grew up out in California, and anytime uh, the Cardinals would come through and play the Giants, he would find himself in the Cardinals locker room, getting introduced to Stan Musial. And that's because his father, John Hernandez, while he never played in the big leagues, he was a teammate of Stan's when Stan played in the United States Navy in 1945. Wow! And so, Keith's dad and Stan, you know, uh, John and, and Stan were, were teammates on the United States Navy team at Pearl Harbor together in, in the United States Navy in 1945. So 
Keith has such a profound respect for our franchise and then to grow up and play for the birds on the bat, the Redbirds, um, it's pretty fascinating to, to see all that come together. And so today when we were talking with him, letting him know that he was on the ballot, he, he reminded us again just how honored he is to be part of this process and is looking forward um, you know, to hopefully one day getting the chance to be in the Hall of Fame. How about Scott Rowland? What a career he had. And, again, uh, you talk about a guy who um – you know, a lot of folks believe is going to end up in the National Baseball Hall of Fame as well. Absolutely. You know, I was excited to see him get the support. Of course, the National Hall of Fame vote is very interesting right now and a backlog of players there. So good to see him still remain on that ballot. But, uh, you know, just uh, really a force at the hot corner, third base, uh, gold gloves in 2002, 3, 4, and 2006. You know, you think about 2006. Um, he may very well have been the World Series MVP if not for a misplayed ball in center field that David Eckstein, you know, had ruled the double. Eckstein had a great World Series as well, but if that double hadn't changed how the World Series played out, uh, Roland may very well have been the World Series MVP. He was right there with Eckstein in terms of what the stats they were putting up. Of course, Roland was named a Silver Slugger in 2002 as well, and uh, he was named um, to the uh, All Bush Stadium team. So. Uh, outstanding cool. um, performances by Roland throughout his career with the Cardinals, and maybe his biggest moment came in 2004 when he had the um, you know the big home run off of Roger Clemens in uh, Game Seven. You know that really knocked Clemens out of the game to uh, help us win that National League pennant. You go to Cardinals.com/hof and start voting on the seven guys in the ballot beginning Thursday, March the first. We thank Edward Jones. And Brian Finch is our guest. I'm going to visit with Ray Lankford in our next segment. His first time on the ballot. He was so excited when he learned about it. Absolutely. You know, and I know fans excited, too. Yeah, he sure is. Ray's still putting up big numbers at our fantasy camps as well. So, yeah, uh, I saw. <laughs> he still got it. But it's really interesting with Ray. A couple of things. First of all, fans locally here really responded well to Tommy Pham putting up a 2020 season this past year. Ray did that five times and did it four consecutive seasons in a row. It's just amazing what Ray did. And as we look at the advanced statistics now, can you imagine a player of, of Ray's, you know, sort of status, the numbers that he puts out there? He is a today player, so to speak, a today's type player that in a sense was sort of trapped in the 1990s. We are now learning to appreciate the greatness of Ray Langford, and he maybe wasn't appreciated as much then as we're learning to appreciate him now. And the power numbers with the fences before they moved them in, too. Right. Incredible. Right. And what's uh, really kind of ironic, one of his best seasons was 1998, um, and it was overshadowed by the guy that batted right in front of him. <laughs> and that's even a little bit crazier. Ray drove in 105 um, runs, you know, had 105 RBI in 1998 when the guy batting in front of him was clearing the base pass. So think about that. Let's just think about that for a minute. It's really remarkable Gosh. that uh, what Ray was doing there. So, yeah, he had some high strikeout totals. He wasn't the prototypical player day in and day out maybe that you would think in the 1990s with those strikeout totals. But now this guy would fit right in and be a stud in the lineup. And really he was a stud in the lineup in the 1990s. Vince Coleman, uh, of course, the incredible year uh, that he put together, National League Rookie of the Year, stealing 110 bases. Lee Smith, another guy that so many believe uh, or cannot believe is not already in the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And then John Tudor, my goodness. How about 10 complete game shutouts 
1985. It's just it's remarkable to look at these guys and say two are going to get in. I asked Rick Horton, how as a fan would you start to narrow it down? I'm not sure there's the right answer, Brian. I, I don't know that there is, and that's why we put it to our fans. We've got wonderful fans, um, smart, engaged, invested, and we want them to be invested. That's why we, 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 t- we turn to them, and, and it's supposed to be fun. Uh, and, and we're all part of this together. That's why we've got the Red Ribbon Committee, uh, but we want our fans to be part of this. And uh, so they're going to have an opportunity. So now's the time to discuss it, to study it, to research the numbers, come visit the, the Hall of Fame, read up about some of the other players that have been in the Hall of Fame, visit the museum and see some of our franchise's history. But uh, get online, you know, go see some of the stats, you know, and uh, read some of the articles. And I know you're going to see uh, we've got articles on MLB.com already. I'm sure there'll be articles and more discussion on KMOX and other stations around, and uh, that's part of the fun right now. And then when the voting opens on March 1st, uh, vote early, vote often, all those things, and let's have some fun with this. March 1st to April 12th, go to cardinals.com slash HOF. The Hall of Fame class will be announced on May the 4th, and, and Brian, in, in our final minute here, that induction weekend, it's going to be Saturday, August 18th this year. It's become one of my favorite weekends of the whole year. Oh, I absolutely love it. It's uh, such a privilege to be part of the whole process from start to finish. But, you know, it's special now to, um, you know, have the prestige and the honor of awarding new red jackets every year. And uh, it's become so much fun that the players, you know, they have had such an honor to uh, put a new jacket on uh, another player, another Hall of Famer each year. And so they really take pride in that, not only having their jackets brought out, but uh, to be the ones that get to bestow that jacket on somebody else. And so to see those get awarded here at Ballpark Village, to have those players introduced in front of the home fans is really exciting. Brian Finch from the Cardinals Hall of Fame and Museum, thank you so much, and congratulations on a great ballot. My pleasure. Fans, get out there and vote. All right. Ray Lankford's on the ballot for the first time. I will visit with him next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Amarin, right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Don't strike out with your Valentine this year. Treat your sweetheart to dinner in a Cardinals game with all-inclusive tickets featuring excellent seats, a full buffet, and complimentary beer and soda. This week, only games in April are available starting at just $55. Get your all-inclusive tickets today at cardinals.com. We are with Cardinal legend Ray Lankford, uh, who just learned that he is on the Cardinals Hall of Fame ballot, the Hall of Fame presented by Edward Jones. Ray, first of all, Congratulations. What does it mean to get that news and know that you're going to be considered to uh, be enshrined in the Cardinals Hall of Fame? Uh, thank you. Um, it feels great. You know, you just go out. It's one of those things as a kid, you know, you just love the game. You just go out and play to play ball. And, you know, I guess late in your career you start looking back on all the things you've done. And um, it's a great feeling. That's when I heard about uh, I was being nominated for. It's just, you know, it's a dream come true for me. And for this organization and, and for someone who played in San Louis as long as you did, what do you appreciate about the history, about uh, your peers, guys who are in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. already? Uh, we see the Hall of Famers down at Fantasy Camp, uh, guys who are up for consideration with you. Well, the thing is, is, you know, being back around a group of guys that you, you know, when I came up, you had John Tudor, Ozzie Smith, Willie McGee, Tewksbury, uh, Tower, all these guys, and, and have them here in a fantasy camp and just relive all the things that the guys joked around about when we was players. You know, was, you know, as a young guy coming up in the league, you know, you just decided to be there and just to play. And these guys welcomed me with open arms and, and taught me a lot about the game. 
It's pretty remarkable to think about the Hall of Famers, think about the lists of accomplishments, the World Series Mm -hmm. that have been won. Uh, What makes the Cardinals organization not just the -the on-the-field accolades, but what else makes this organization different, in your opinion? It was a huge difference. I mean, I I played here for so many years, went over to San Diego Diego for about a year and a half, and it was just got to see the difference in the quality and, and the way the organization go about um, keeping the guys around, keeping them involved in, in the community, and, and just even like the fantasy camp and things like that. It's, it's a lot of fun, and it's just always been a class act. Do you have a favorite memory as your time as a Cardinal? <laughs> you know, it's funny because as a ball player, you know, you just you try always like trying to throw guys out, but one of the fun memories to me is just to play at, um, at home plate against Darren Dalton. That was um, one of the big moments for me. And it was a hot day. So, you know, it was one of the days, you know, you just want to get off the field, get back in the dugout. It would be hard to narrow down some of the home runs uh, with mm-hmm. the numbers you put up and the marks that you hold at Bush Stadium too. But uh, what was it like to play in that ballpark on, on the teams that you had, put up the kind of numbers that you did? Well, the first couple of years, the ballpark was big. You know, this was the old Bush. It was a huge outfield. So it was, it was built for, for speed, for guys that had speed to cover ground. But uh, over the years, they brought it in a little more, got rid of turf, which was – better on the knees. But um, I think just being able to play with a lot of good ball players from Mark, um, Jim Edmonds, Reggie Sanders, Brian Jordan, all these guys that, um, you know, of course, Ozzie Smith, but all these guys just have an opportunity to play with these guys and, and pick their brain on how they approach the game. But I think one of the things I took pride in was just being able to hit left-handed pitcher. By being a left-handed hitter myself, just face the left-handed pitchers. It was one of those things that um, – would help me get out of slumps where it got me thinking about driving the ball to left field, and that was one of the things I worked on. You've always been a fan favorite. They're going to be voting uh, on this ballot. What do the fans in St. Louis mean to you, Ray? Not just your playing days, but when you come back, if you get to interact with them at a fantasy camp, get to the winter warm-up, what do the fans mean to you? Well, it means a lot. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you, you know. Like I said, I'm, I'm just one of those guys that never talked a lot, just always try to lead by my performance on the field, and um, just, you know, just want to say thank you. And, and um, I think it's one of those things where you, when you play hard and work hard, fans appreciate it. Even when you're in a slump and when you're not going well, they can see guys working hard. And, you know, the fans, you know, St. Louis fans, they, they know the game. They study it. You know, you're talking about generation after generation of season ticket holders, and they know the game. They appreciate the guys that work hard and, and go out there day in and day out. Ray Langford, congratulations again on getting out of the ballot for the Cardinals Hall of Fame presented by Edward Jones. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Final week to book your spring training vacation to Roger Dean Stadium. That's where Ray Lankford was playing last week. Make your reservations at cardinals.com slash vacations or call 1-800-892-7687. Yeah, great to see Ray down at Cardinals Fantasy Camp, and great to see him on the Cardinals Hall of Fame ballot. We'll check in with Mike Claiborne down in Florida when we come back on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome back, Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren. We head to Florida and catch up with Mike Claiborne. Now on the program, my co-host will talk a little Cardinals Hall of Fame and more, but Claibs, I know you're coming off uh, the Cardinals cruise. We're getting ready for pitchers and catchers in a couple of weeks. How's everything down in Florida? I know that, as our buddy Mike Shannon would say, you're probably out making sure that the grass is still green. Yeah, and, and I'm making sure that it's the right height also. Yep. <clears throat> That's very yep. important. 
But, you know, Chris, there's quite a few players that are already here. You know, there are a few players who live in the Jupiter area, but um, there's a half a dozen, maybe ten players that are already here and working out, and Jose Okendo's working with a lot of young guys and just, you know, talking the game and stuff like that. You know, Yachty's here. <clears throat> but, you know, overall, you know, yeah, we're getting close, and um, we'll start to see guys trickle in more and more each day. Uh, the weather's been good for them to get outdoors and do some things. So, um, like I said, it's, it's just around the corner, and I think there's a lot of anticipation. And, and I think the anticipation is is not just with the players and, and obviously some a new face in Ozuna and, and Luke Gregerson. I think the anticipation is more what the coaches are going to be like. Uh, you know, with, with Willie McGee and Jose Okendo, uh, involved in the coaching situation to go along with Mike Schilt, who I thought had a really good year uh, last year, not only as an assistant, but uh, certainly a third base coach. You know, there's a lot of anticipation on whether they're going to be able to help this situation grow even more. So a lot of things to look forward to, and, and who's to say we won't see some other new faces within the organization before too long. Yeah, you can kind of tell as guys trickle in, and some of the young guys have been there for a while. I saw Yachty's Lambo over the weekend, and, and as the rental cars kind of drift further back in the parking lot, that's when you know more the veterans are getting in. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and you know, I, I think, Chris, there's a lot to be done. I mean, you know, we've gone two years now without postseason, and for some of these guys, that's something they're not used to. And I don't know. I know they don't like it. I don't, I don't know what Cardinal fan would like it. So. It's a situation where maybe there's going to be a little bit more focus on detail. Uh, I just think that they're going to be a better club. I think the outfield, when you look at it today, and you can ask Ricky Horton about this, I think he might be able to chime in even more. This may be as athletic of an outfield as we've had since uh, there was Vince Coleman, Willie McGee, and Andy Van Slyke. No doubt. No doubt. And, you know, you'd have to go that far back to find that many guys, that, those three who can all do some things on the field. So uh, Carlos Martinez said uh, the last week on the cruise that, you know, the outfield uh, is certainly going to be improved, and he's looking forward to watching them catch a few. So we'll see what happens. You know, I think, and, and we'll get to the Cardinals Hall of Fame nominees that were announced earlier tonight on the program in a moment, but, Klebs, I honestly think that if you get a full season – and a full healthy season out of all of these guys. Obviously, Ozuna won the gold glove last year in left field. You could make an argument, I think, that Dexter Fowler will be perhaps the best right fielder in baseball. And then Tommy Pham could be right there in terms of gold glove candidates in center. You've got three legitimate gold glove candidates in the outfield. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I think they're all looking forward to trying to, you know, you know what it's like when you have a chance to work with good people. Uh, I think players get a kick out of having a chance to play with good people as well. And, and I think they'll certainly try and, and challenge each other to be better. So it, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I think that you still have some things you want to address on the infield, uh, on who's going to play where. But I think overall uh, it, it's going to be, a, I think, a better team fundamentally. At least it should be. Mike Claiborne with us. Cardinals countdown to opening day presented by Ameren. The Cardinals Hall of Fame nominees for the class of 2018 were announced on this program earlier tonight. Fans are going to select two players for an August induction from this list of seven former Cardinal greats. Vince Coleman, Keith Hernandez, Jason Isringhausen, Ray Lankford, Scott Rowland, Lee Smith, 
and John Tudor. Coleman, Lankford, Smith, and Tudor. First time they're appearing on the fan ballot. Of course, Hernandez and Izzy, uh, along with Roland, have been on the ballot before. But first and foremost, man, you hear these names every year, Claves, and you just appreciate the history and just the caliber of player that has worn the birds on the bat. You know, that's a great point you make. And I think, to me, this is the most difficult ballot I've seen. Uh, all of those guys are certainly worthy of induction. I, I think if you're going to have to split hairs on this, I think you have to ask yourself the question, uh, while they're all good players and, and many of them have played in other cities, how effective were they in a Cardinal uniform? And I think, you know, you look at John Tudor and what he was able to turn in during his tour of duty in St. Louis. Uh, Ray Langford holds the record for most home runs hitting Bush Stadium, too. Vince Coleman sets a record for stolen bases as a rookie. I mean, Lee Smith with 40-plus saves. I mean, you can go down the list, and every guy on the list, you can say, wow, he did this when he was in a Cardinal uniform. So you're going to have to split hairs. But, I, I, again, I think this is as talented of a group. And I, I didn't, I didn't uh, mention Keith Hernandez being the most valuable player in a Cardinal uniform, not to mention a world champion. So, you know, when you look at it, it it's it's going to be tough. And I just hope fans get out and vote for this thing. Yeah. And, and I hope that the fans who remember Tudor and Coleman and people of that nature and Lee Smith uh, also have a say-so in this because, you know, the Cardinals weren't good starting in 2004, okay? Uh, I think they've had some really good teams and some very good players that certainly uh, have done a lot for this organization over the years. And sometimes we have a tendency to forget about that because it's almost out of sight, out of mind. And if you don't see it on some highlight show, uh, you almost forget about it. You know, we visited with Ray Langford in the last segment. I uh, visited with him while we were down at Fantasy Camp this past weekend. He was just blown away, just, just overwhelmed uh, by landing on the ballot, and I know he has meant so much to fans. The fans have meant so much to him, and my goodness, um, you know, not, not not to handicap this thing right now, but is he the guy that you hear maybe the most about in terms of fans over the last year or two as, as this process has gotten started and uh, we've begun to induct these greats into the Hall of Fame clubs? Yeah, and you know what? In all honesty, Chris, he should have been on the ballot before now. Uh, I don't know how it works. I'm not on that committee. But I, I've always found it bizarre on how he was found, always overlooked. And that doesn't take anything away from the people that are in it. But to not to be on the ballot, I think, is a real head-scratcher. And, and when you look at Ray and the time he's, he was in St. Louis, those weren't always good teams he was on. But he was one of the better players, and he showed up every day. And uh, when you think about what he was able to do in a Cardinal uniform, I, I think that he, he certainly warrants that sort of attention and consideration, and, and hopefully we'll see him this August on stage. But you know what? I can say that about everybody. I think they're going to have to build a bigger stage to accommodate everybody because this thing uh, this year, I think, is, is, as I said, as good as any year I've ever seen. Fans can uh, view the ballot at cardinals.com slash HOF. Beginning Thursday, March 1st, you can cast your selections. The two players with the most fan votes after voting concludes on Thursday, April 12th, will be selected for induction into the Cardinals Hall of Fame this August. I'll ask you, Claves, you mentioned uh, it's about the toughest ballot that you've seen. If you were a fan, if you were looking through this group of seven and trying to narrow it down to two, what things would you be thinking about? 
you would ask me that. Uh, again, I'm and, and, and I won't ask you to name them. I'll just say, as a historian of this club, what, what, what do you think people are going to take into consideration? What their biggest accomplishment was in a Cardinal uniform, because as I said, some of these guys played with other teams and had success. Keith Hernandez played with the Mets and won a World Series. But, you know, when you look at what those guys did in a Cardinal uniform, I think you got it comes down to that. You know, I mentioned Ray with the home runs, Vince Coleman with the stolen bases. 1985, John Tudor was just unhittable. I mean, you know, Jason Isringhausen uh, was was the save leader at one point. Lee Arthur Smith, when he was in a Cardinal uniform, was dominant. Scott Rowland probably was a better player in Philadelphia than he was in St. Louis. But with that said, he was a very important cog to the success of the Cardinals. So. You know, it, it, there's nobody on this thing that you can't overlook. And I, I just think, you, again, you're going to have to split some hairs here, man, because I think it's that close of a decision to make. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, just the list of, of guys and the longevity of the players. Again, uh, the seven guys on the ballot, Vince Coleman, Keith Hernandez, Jason Isringhouse, and Ray Lankford, Scott Rowland, Lee Smith, and John Tudor. It's the first time on the ballot for Coleman, Lankford, Smith, and Tudor. Uh, you can go to cardinals.com slash HOF, and beginning Thursday, March 1st, you can cast your votes. The two players are the most fan votes after voting concludes. On Thursday, April 12th, will be selected for induction, and the induction ceremony will be Saturday, August 18th, during Cardinals Hall of Fame induction weekend. What a weekend that has turned into yeah. in the last couple of years, Claves. It really has, and, and to see the players that come back for and I just think you, you watch the – the emotion these guys have had when they've been selected, you know, and when you, I'll tell you something else that's interesting here. We're going to have to start looking at what managers are going to put the most guys in the hall, Cardinal hall of fame. Great I know point. Tony's had a few and certainly uh whitey is, you know, and what he did. And, you know, I'm of the belief that whitey Herzog taught St. Louis baseball uh, in a manner that we, we never experienced before. And I think that his players were so fundamentally sound. Uh, I think we'll start start to see more of his guys get consideration. And then there was that little vacuum of players. Uh, Ray is in that category. Lee Smith is in that category. Uh, They were on teams that weren't very good, but they stood out. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. But, man, you know, when you think about these guys playing for Hall of Fame managers, I just think that says a lot about what this organization has been all about. Mike Claiborne down in Florida as we talk Cardinals Hall of Fame and the nominees who are announced today on this show. Fan voting begins Thursday, March 1st at cardinals.com slash HOF. Fans going to select two players for the August induction from a list of the seven former Cardinal greats. Clebs, appreciate it, man. We will uh, talk to you next week and can't wait to see you in a couple weeks down in Florida. All right, we we have to go over the the whole fantasy camp. I, I want to get your thoughts on that as well because I know yeah. it was your first one, and I know you had a lot of fun with it. And fun, uh, the proverbial told... word. And I can say that I gave up a rocket to one of the players on the Cardinals Hall of Fame ballot because Ray you know, Langford almost you're killed hit by a Hall of Famer. I think that says a lot. Ray Langford almost killed my buddy Powell at second base. <laughs> Well, you know, Ray's play, Ray is playing in one of these real competitive softball leagues down in Orlando. I can't believe he's going to be so 51 he, in June. It's, un, yeah, it's unreal. Mean, he looks like he could still play. He can I mean, still play. I saw that it. care of himself. Yeah. No, you're right. You're no, it was, it, it was an incredible weekend. Uh, Rick Horton already killed me about it uh, last hour. Um, 
I had quite the peanut gallery watching some of my play. But, um, yeah, we'll get into it, and we'll sit down with Joe Pfeiffer and, and some of the guys down in Florida because, you know, as I've talked about uh, both on this show and on X, it was, you know, a life-changing experience, an incredible experience, and I can't say enough good things. So when you and I are actually sitting next to each other and you can kill me to my face and we can kill each other to our face, then we'll go through it. Well, we'll walk back out to field five. We'll walk back out to field five and sit in the dugout. <laughs> No, I don't think you want to go to that field. There's field areas out there. I don't want any flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. We'll talk to you next week. You got it. Don't strike out with your Valentine this year. Treat your sweetheart to dinner and a Cardinals game. I know that's what Claves is doing with all-inclusive tickets featuring excellent seats, a full buffet, and complimentary beer and soda. This week only games in April, not including opening day, are available starting at just 50 Five dollars. You cannot pass that up. All-inclusive tickets for just fifty-five bucks. Get your all-inclusive tickets today at Cardinals.com. We're back with Vicky Bryant talking some exciting concerts coming to Bush this summer. Next on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. We continue on Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren, and say hello to Vicky Bryant, the Vice President of Event Services and Merchandising, to talk about some incredible concerts. And are coming to Bush Stadium this year. Vicki, how are you? I am very well, thank you. We are so excited about four concerts coming to Bush Stadium uh, this summer. It seems like every year it gets bigger and better with you guys, with the lineup and the volume of shows that you're bringing to downtown St. Louis and to Bush. We're so excited to be able to bring four great shows with such um, great artists, and it's really going to be a fun summer of baseball and a fun summer of music. Well, let's begin with uh, the first back-to-back concerts in New Bush Stadium. This is uh, absolutely fantastic, and I know that uh, the most recent announcement was a country show that's going to be coming in August, right? Yes, we are so excited to have on Friday, August 24th, we will have Journey with Def Leppard and um, for a nice rock show. And then we will have the very next night on Saturday, the 25th of August, we will welcome uh, to Bush Stadium Luke Bryan with Sam Hunt, uh, John Pardee, Morgan Wallen, and it's going to be a hopping weekend at Bush Stadium. Tickets for Journey and Def Leppard on sale to the public this Friday, February 2nd. A date coming soon for tickets for the Luke Bryan and Sam Hunt show. But, wow, how cool is that? What a testament to so many people working so hard to have back-to-back concerts on a Friday and Saturday night in August. What a weekend that will be. It will. You know, we have been um, trying to do this for some time. Um, this really gives us the opportunity to, um, you know, ha- put an extra show in here. And, you know, one of the most important things is it's a lot less wear and tear on our field to do two back-to-back than two separate weeks with all that activity on the field. So we're excited that you know, with our partners and friends at Live Nation that we were able to put these two shows together. And, um, you know, it, it's really exciting for us and something that, um, you know, we have been trying to do and we're excited to do and hope to do more of. I love that you guys have something for everyone. The classic rock with Journey and Def Leppard and then country superstars coming the next night. Exactly. And then in September we have um, Ed Sheeran coming and in July King and Chesney. So, you know, there is, um, you know, such a diverse audience of music fans that will have, you know, be able to come to a concert this year and find, um, you know, a great show for them. Let's talk about the uh, Kenny Chesney show. That's with Thomas Rhett, Old Dominion, and Brandon Lay. It's July 21st. Tickets available right now 
online at cardinals.com slash events. He puts on such an incredible show, and I think that outside at Bush Stadium for the kind of uh, evening that Kenny puts on, the kind of party it is will be perfect. There, Kenny Chesney is one um, of the most popular and best artists in, in, in country music to put on an out, you know, a show, a big stadium show, and outdoor. Um, you know, I've seen, um, you know, a number of videos, and it, it's a huge party, and it's it is a huge event, and um, you know, it is a great time, and people just, you know, and he's a, he's a great artist, and he's bringing great artists with him. I mean, uh, Thomas Rhett and Old Dominion, um, you know, are great new um, and great artists themselves and newcomer Brandon Lay. So, you know, that's going to be, you know, a a great night of music, too. And then Ed Sheeran, who took home some Grammy hardware uh, over the weekend. He's going to be here September 6th. Those tickets available online. Now, I know a lot of folks disappointed that uh, he was uh, unfortunately forced to cancel his show last year, but he's going to be back and bigger and better than ever because he's going to be at Bush Stadium. We're very excited about this one too. I mean, it, um, Ed Sharon just has is such a, a talented um, artist, and you know he. What's so great about him, I think, is you know, he comes. It's just him. He doesn't have a big band. He's not, and he provides a great night of music. Him, his guitar, standing there with the microphone, and um, you know he's just really talented and, um, and a great artist to see live too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. He's got about 30 pedals in front of him, and it'll sound like he's got a full band behind him. If you haven't seen him, check out some of his live stuff on YouTube, and, and I just can't wait to see how, how that's going to sound and, and what the experience is going to be like at Bush. It's going to be great. So, again, uh, Ed Sheeran, Kenny Chesney, those tickets are available right now. Go to cardinals.com slash events. Uh, Journey and Def Leppard, those tickets on sale to the public this Friday, February 2nd. And stay tuned for the ticket sale date for Luke Bryan with Sam Hunt, John Party, and Morgan Wallen. Cardinals.com slash events. Four concerts, including the first back-to-back shows in New Bush Stadium. Vicki Bryant, the Vice President of Event Services and Merchandising. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, and can't wait to see you at these shows this summer at Bush. Thanks so much for having me, and can't wait to see you at the ballpark for baseball, too. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap up this week's edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day, presented by Ameren on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Well, that'll do it for us. What a fun show as we revealed the 2018 Cardinals Hall of Fame nominees. Vince Coleman, Keith Hernandez, Jason Isringhausen, Ray Langford, Scott Rowland, Lee Smith, and John Tudor. Those are the seven players nominated for possible induction into the Cardinals Hall of Fame, presented by Edward Jones. And, of course, the first time that Coleman, Langford, Smith, and Tudor appear on the ballot. Go to cardinals.com slash HOF for all the details Fans can vote starting Thursday, March 1st, and the induction ceremony is this August. Thank you to Bill DeWitt III and Tom Ackerman. Thank you to Rick Horton for joining me at Cardinals Nation Restaurant inside of Ballpark Village. Thank you also to Ray Langford, who's on the ballot, Brian Finch, Mike Claiborne, and Vicki Bryan. Our executive producer is Ben Boyd, and Mike Anderson is at our Cardinals Network Studios. Until next week, I'm Chris Raby saying thank you for joining us for another edition of Cardinals Countdown to Opening Day presented by Emerin, right here on the St. Louis Cardinals Radio Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 